Kia ora whanau. Welcome to the Pocket Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Headley. We have Dr. Stephanie Karenia. Um, I believe I said that right. Apologies, Stephanie, if I didn't. Um, now, she will be on this podcast and we'll be discussing the inner child. We'll be clearing the fog of that which is, well, fogged over through social media. There's so much talk around the inner child without actually people understanding and grasping truly what it actually is. So we get Dr. Stephanie to clear that fog so that um, we can truly understand what the inner child is, how we can heal from it, how we can utilize this thing that we call self-parenting to heal from inner child wounds and other ways that people can start to come into a place of healing from uh, what we can quote unquote call trauma. So Dr. Stephanie has helped me immensely in my own journey. Um, I actually came across her content about three years ago and I found it incredibly insightful and since then, because I was so inspired by it, I decided to get her on this podcast and she ended up being in the top three of the Pocket Coach podcast episodes of all time in terms of downloads. So of course I had to get her back on and we did this session. So without further ado, here is Dr. Stephanie. Enjoy guys. So welcome guys. I have Dr. Stephanie with us and, uh, now, I had a very fascinating interview with Stephanie about two years ago. Um, actually, it would have been closer to three years ago, to be honest. And at the time, I was going through a little bit of a ride in my romantic life, uh, which is what I'm really excited to get into in the second episode that I do with you, which will come shortly after this. Now, what was amazing about that episode was <laughs> at the time I was trying to figure out a lot around, which is what we're going to be covering in this episode, my inner child. So I got the opportunity to actually ask you some amazing questions around that. And what was so incredible was they were so, um, the answers you gave me were so insightful that they allowed me to question parts about myself that I hadn't yet questioned. And that's what's amazing about uh, what you have to share and what you have to offer, which is what's so incredible, because not only are you incredibly studied um, being a clinical psychologist, and I mean, you've got cognitive-based therapy training, you've got EMDR, eye movement, decens um, is it desensitization reprocessing? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then MBT, do you mind mentioning what that is again? Yeah, MBT is mentalization-based treatment. It's um, helping people with the ability to think, to make sense of what is happening to them and, and their interactions with other people. Mm. It, it's like, like to, to not get stuck in black and white thinking, for example, and get yes. stuck in patterns and reenactments. Yes, you've got a very diverse um, training, which is incredible. I mean, then you've also got um, schema training, um, which I don't know actually much about, to be honest. Do you, do you mind yeah. mentioning what that is a little bit? It's very, it's very, um, it's schema focused therapy, just like mentalization based treatment. It's focused on personality which is my specialty, you know, mm. ma maturing, how to mature and schema focused therapy is, um, it's, it, it, it focuses on the many people don't live in reality, but they live in their past. They yes. view life through their childhood past for their childhood lens through the schemas, the schemas, the way they have perceived the world. Well, if we were have a, uh, we couldn't trust our parents, for instance, or we felt they were selfish and we were used and we are, we were actually used as a child, then in adult adulthood, it becomes problematic when we continuously feel used by people when they're actually not using us and we treat them yes. in a hostile way. And that, that makes us disconnect instead of connect. So it re you, it, updates your core beliefs and your schemas, the way you view the world. So you can, That's you know, start connecting. 
Yes. Okay. It's yeah. really fascinating. So in, in a way it correlates to um, the way people might disassociate as well, would you say? So uh, what would you mean with dissociation, for so instance? Dis- um, in terms of like, yeah, the disassociation issue that um, many oh. get where they blank out, they don't remember what's happened that day, um, you know, um, they have memory issues. and Yeah. So that is more the, the trauma part. That is more trauma yeah. part. Yeah. Then at I least see. you're not perceiving someone uh, being hostile to yours and then you get hostile. You're just out. <laughs> That's dissociation. Yes. That's your emotion. Yeah. I yeah. See. That's more trauma. But then you've also got um, uh, training around psychodynamic work, and that's a more depression focus, if I'm correct? It could be depression work, um, people with depression or anxiety, but you work on the underlying structure, you work on the personality. So that treatment can take for three or four years or longer. It's the more short-term version of psychoanalysis. And there you try to see, you work through the defenses. You know, our unconscious our problems often lie where we're stuck in our in our conscious processes. So you try to make the unconscious a little bit more conscious so we can get unstuck. Right, I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, so with all that training, you've also, what's incredible is you've got such a um, deep EQ, emotional intelligence uh, that correlates with this, which is a, like, it's a really beautiful um, uh, synchronicity that you have between those two. And I think that is super unique, which is why, honestly, um, interviewing Dr. Stephanie um, becomes such an exciting thing for me because um, like there's that resonance that you have with a lot of uh, this work. There's not mm-hmm. There's not as much... It's not purely intellectual. It's also mm-hmm. as well really emotional focus in terms yes. of the way you relate to your clients, but then also as well um, when I get to talk to you about this amazing stuff. So that's why I'm so mm-hmm. excited to delve into this. But yeah. um, with that being said, I'd really love to delve straight into the inner child um, focus. And I know you yeah. mentioned and actually delve into a lot of this in your Instagram. So, you know, please go check out her Instagram at psychologist Stephanie. You'll be able to find that in the show notes. Um, but do you mind explaining what, inner child is because you see that everywhere on Instagram it's all over the place <laughs> and I'm sure that a lot of people now have beliefs around what inner child the inner child is and what inner child work is and I'm sure mm-hmm. people now are also confused because there's so much you know crazy content out there so I'd really love to hear what what your understanding around inner child the inner child is and what inner child work is yeah so with the inner child the way the way I perceive it is um, and the way I th- the reason I think it's important that this concept has been brought into life is that we will understand that we are often the re- there, there's this inner child that didn't get their needs met and that is hurt and that feels abandoned or not considered. Um, we, we need to feel seen, uh, untempted to be understood, understood um, that we had a voice. Uh, that there was care, sufficient care, that we are accepted for who we were. When all these things don't take place sufficiently, they never take place. They never, it never gets done sufficiently. No parent is a, a, a perfect parent, but we hope that we have a good enough parent. When we don't have that, we get these wounds. And then we uh, have, our, as a child, we get wounded. And then that is the inner child, the wounded inner child that we're carrying in our adult lives. And when we're not aware of that, we're going to act out on that. We're going to, you know, it's going to create this connection. So we need to be aware of our inner child um, to be able to go and nurture, to separate the actual reality, the trigger from our wounded uh, inner child, and to be able to heal that with our inner adult or inner parent. 
Yes, yes. And um, it's really beautiful to hear that connection because um, I know that um, a lot of people might recognize the connection between, I guess, the past self and the current self and how um, that the, the history of self bleeds into the current self. Um, but in terms of how and why that happens, like, um, do you mind explaining a little bit about that? So, um, and explain what, what, yeah, what so, happened, so why, instance. why yeah. is it that say like things that happen when I'm younger, mm-hmm. why is it like, um, why is it that those traumas, I, su- I suppose you could call them, um, end up affecting my life today? Yeah. Great question. So, um, let me see. Um, if, if for instance, you had a parent, so I'm posting also a lot on hidden trauma. So not like only abuse, etc., but also emotional abuse. So I'm going to give some examples about emotional abuse and how they affect us in adult, adulthood. So for instance, if you have a parent who, uh, unconsciously, uh, used you or consciously, but used you, uh, the child to, as the confidant, uh, to talk about the problems with the dad your dad treated me badly. I feel so bad. I need to leave him. I don't know what to do. I feel so desperate. And the eight-year-old comforts that parent all the time. Um, the, the child gets, might feel conditionally accepted, uh, might feel that they only are loved when they, um, uh, self-sacrifice. It's, a, it's actually, it's, 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 it's sometimes it's called emotional incest, for instance, because it's really boundary crossing for that child. It has right. implications. So in adulthood, this child might become, also there's other things needed to develop that, but might become codependent and might need the other person to, de- to, de- uh, to be dependent on them because they will fear abandonment because uh, uh, their parent didn't like them for who they were. They liked them for being their, you know, their support system. So they yes. will believe people will only love them when I self-sacrifice. They will leave me as soon as they don't need me anymore. That's an example. Yes, I think that's a brilliant example because it's definitely going to correlate to the next episode that we do. But um, mm-hmm. to that point, when a self-sacrificing habit is built because of a trauma, mm-hmm. how does one then go and start healing that wound? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you do then? For instance, a dependent profile, someone who feels dependent or codependent, other person that needs to be needed. Well, then we need to, um, basically, then we have not much self, not much self-trust or self-acceptance. We need to understand, first of all, that what, that, that is not correct. We need to understand it is not, it's not normal for us to believe that we need to self-sacrifice in order to be loved. Mm. Um, and we need to uh, uh, meet mature people to be able to love us for who we are. And then we need to do the inner reparenting. Now we're actually still that child, that terrified child that looks for someone to take care of us, to love us. That is not a healthy dynamic. So we need to connect to our inner parent to be able to tell ourselves, you're okay, you're safe, we're safe, We're we're in this together. And if that person doesn't like us when we don't self-sacrifice, we say, no, that's okay. We will manage together. And these mm. people, these codependent, dependent people believe that they're, 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 they're only that inner child. They're not their inner adult or inner parent. And you can imagine we cannot go through life being a child, right? We need yes. to have our own back. Then we need to have a connected to our inner parent. Yes. 
Yeah, so I, I feel like I've lived most of my life as a grown-ass child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I definitely have, right? It's really only the last two years. Of, like, I'm I, I'm only 27 now. I'm still a baby, really. But, um, mm. you know, it's really only the last two years, so since about 25, where I've started to understand a little bit more about this. But honestly, I'm still an absolute student when it comes to this. So, mm. you know, hopefully, you know, this will be resonating with people because they'll be asking questions from that student mentality. Um, but to that point around... Um, tapping into that inner parent, which is really beautiful, by the way. Um, is there a way, are there techniques or skills that people can use to start to access that more and to train it up? Because I'm sure it's a skill, right? I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not something that people don't just do naturally. Yeah, it's it's basically um, developing your, uh, your in schema focus therapy, It's you really focus on that, how to guide your inner child. Well, basically what you do, um, because it, it can be the enraged child, it can be the vulnerable child, it can be different types of child that it can be triggered. You, with the healing process is being able to identify when it's happening. We need to identify first when it's happening, and then you try to contact, activate. Uh, the, most people have a, health, a healthy part, an adult part inside of them. It's the part that, you know, makes arrangements, gets, is responsible in a healthy way, not critical way. There is a compassionate place somewhere that is the adult, the inner manager, they call it as well. And, they, you, and you try to connect that inner adult to your child and try to comfort that inner child. That's basically what it comes down to. There is this uh, book, um, Reinventing Your Life by Young, that's based on schema-focused therapy, and that will explain it too. And I am assume there's a lot of, uh, self-reparenting uh, books on, on this topic. Yeah, yeah, I, I really love that point. Um, I remember I interviewed, um, I, I know you know her, uh, the holistic psychologist, um, mm -hmm. Dr. Nicola Pera, and um, yeah. she was talking about um, the uh, future journaling practice. And I'm mm -hmm. sure that, that would be a really beautiful um, yes. peering practice to bring into the sort of, because it's something that I used actually when I went through my biggest bout of anxiety, I would have been 23 to 24 and mm -hmm. during that time, um, I, I was constantly incredibly jealous in my relationship. Um, I yeah, was having, you know, panic attacks quite consistently. Mm -hmm. And every morning I started doing that practice of uh, future journaling where I just sort of journal about how I wanted to respond in scenarios where I'd fall into jealousy and get triggered and fall into anxiety. Mm. And it was almost like a re in a way very correlated to what you're sharing, which is mm -hmm. uh, like, I'm loving the explanation you're giving because it's giving me a much more clarity around that, that I haven't had yet. Mm -hmm. um, but it's almost like um, a, a great practice as well to almost train that um, parenting part of the mind. It's sort of like integrating that thought process to happen in that moment. Because yes. I, 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 I've, I've definitely spoken to a lot of clients who have, try to um, get new thoughts to come into play during a triggering moment. But most people yeah. are, um, from what I've heard anyway, um, fall, in, fall into the trigger so intensely that it's, it's really hard to get that sort of parenting voice to come into play. Um, so it's almost like something that's, I suppose, yeah. trained. Yeah, which is yeah. very fascinating. And, and for instance, I think many people can relate to this, the, the you don't care about me. I will, I will post on this soon. The you don't care about me wound, I call it. It's the abandonment wound being triggered. So mm. many people, especially with when they're thinking in the black and white terms, is they can feel triggered because when there's a child, they really had parents who weren't able to care for them, to, to keep them in mind. So it, they felt they aband emotionally abandonment. For instance, with the side, people, uh, 
a parent silent treating their child leads to the feeling as of oh, they will leave. They will suddenly leave. The people you trust suddenly leave you. They won't care for you anymore. They will leave you for someone better. They will just not be able to be there for this. Suddenly disappear. So they will carry this, you know, this schema, this wound, carry on and project into their partners. And then the partner might feel that then, then suddenly the partner does something and they're like, you don't care about me. And it feels terrible. It feels like you cannot trust that person. Suddenly you always trust it. And that is, um, we need to be careful with that because um, if that is your wound being triggered, then you will perceive that person in a hostile way. You will act accordingly. You will... And the problem is when we act out on this is that we won't get our needs met because it's not, if it's not reality, your partner actually cares about you, but has his own limits or whatever, then, but does care about you, then you both end up frustrated, but you also have reactivated that inner wound. So it's an emotional flashback actually with, with, on which you're acting on and you're not comforting your inner child. So healing means you're identifying, oh my God. I feel this is my wound. I feel that person doesn't care about me. It hurts tremendously. Could it be this is my wound being activated? Let me leave that person alone for one second. Go and go to my inner child and, and you know, uh, soothe myself first. Mm. And then we can always act. But first, we're going to do the self-soothing. Because otherwise, we're abandoning again that inner child. By just uh, fighting, we're abandoning that that pain, that inner child, and that inner child needs comfort. Mm. Yeah, it's really beautiful, Stephanie. Um, mm -hmm. Because it almost sounds like um, what what you're sharing is there's a moment in time that constantly comes into one's life where there's crossroads, and mm -hmm. one road takes one into a place where the trauma is strengthened because yes. there's a reaction, and then yes. one road takes us into a, a path where we start to strengthen a um a pattern that actually helps us and heals us and um would you say that the more that we act on that healthy pattern the more that trauma heals would you say yes yes yeah. we actually have the ability with our inner parents to heal that inner child and the more you're able to to step back instead of fighting and go to your inner child reassure that inner child it, it heals automatically so you will be less triggered and you become more mature you know, I'm posting yes. on inner maturing, you become more mature, you will be less triggered, and you will be less dependent upon other people. Yes, yes, I really love that. And yeah. um, to your point around reparenting, um, because I want to um, ask this last question so that we can wrap up this segment. Um, is Would you say that is the best way or only way or are there other ways or methods that you've come across that um, have been really helpful? As in for the for healing, you mean in general? For healing or, the inner yeah. child, yeah. So if yeah. you take the inner child and then the inner parent, um, what 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 else have you come across? Yeah, so this is a great method, um, and especially for people who use self help books, they don't have access to therapy. Then this is yes. a great comprehensive way to do it. Otherwise, mm. schema focused therapy, psychodynamic therapy, many other therapies. Um, yes, it all comes down to. Being able to go to your past, the, the wounds and the pain. The problem always is we don't, when we know and process our childhood pain and then it's a raw wound, you know, and when raw wounds will be triggered and, you know, so we need to heal that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for touching on this around the inner child. It's definitely something that um, I would say has 
a lot out there um, in the uh, in the social media space talking mm-hmm. around inner child work. Um, the challenge that I see from my perspective is that because there's so much, um, it almost can be overwhelming. Like, what do I do? What do I focus on? And mm-hmm. you're right, like therapy is absolutely something that should be encouraged. It's something that mm-hmm. is a brilliant method and has helped me personally a lot. Um, at the same time, there are many people that don't maybe have access or maybe aren't sure about mm-hmm. therapy yet and probably need something to get them going. So I think that this reparenting process is a brilliant method. Um, I've had experience with it myself and it's definitely done wonders. So yeah, for those out there, I think this is a, um, a fantastic method to integrate. And a reminder from my experience, um, consistency in practice is far better than doing like lump practices and just sort of sitting down and doing, you know, like um, a one hour journal instead getting consistent journaling, um, I've found personally has been fantastic. Is that something that you would say and confirm or is is there something that you'd say differently? Absolutely. And you know what, even with therapy, they say therapy is not, is not happening in the session. Although, don't get me wrong, it also happens in a session. It is something that happens in between sessions. So it's an ongoing process of self-awareness as well. And I want to add to that, inner healing is great and necessary, but we're not there yet with inner healing alone. We need to mature. We need to make the step as child, as children, we were, uh, we were the victim. As adults, we become survivors. We are responsible for how we deal with the damage of our childhood. And that frees us the ability to realize that we are responsible now frees us from our past as well. Brilliant. Well, I'm sure you guys got a lot out of it. I definitely did myself. I actually learned a lot in that moment. So thank you in that 20 minutes. So um, we'll wrap up here for the session. So guys, I hope you got as much out of it as I did. Um, I certainly learned a lot from Dr. Stephanie. In fact, we're going to have her in two more episodes following this episode, which is so exciting. So stay tuned. Be sure to subscribe so that you can actually get the updates of when those episodes are released so you can get um, tuned in to this amazing stuff that Stephanie has to share. Um, We actually touch on romantic relationships in the next session, uh, talking about uh, codependency and also narcissism, understanding the psychology behind it, the science behind it, and a little bit in terms of what we can do to start to heal from those tendencies and even heal in the relationships uh, when those situations arise. So if you've got value, I would love to encourage you to go ahead and share this podcast so that um, we can help as many people as possible. That's the idea. And I would highly encourage you to follow psychologist Stephanie on Instagram. It's as it sounds, you'll be able to find all that information in the uh, description of this episode and you'll be able to go find her website which is psychologiststephanie.com and you can find a lot more out about her there and in fact as well you can work with her which I would highly encourage if you're resonating with anything that she is sharing here all right ciao